1: kind of a feel guy i've been a lot of places but the, the one thing that struck me was uh, when you walk into the facility there's no feeling that it's a three and nine team it's a there's a positive feedback the kids have been really good that i met and so that that, that part is uh the, the, you know try to build the culture and i, I just been really impressed in the, in the little time i've been here The year you had a pit uh
2: why here yeah
1: nebraska welcome to the gold big redcast with dave honky boomer and
2: redcast rob welcome to the gold big redcast i'm your host david gaspers and i'm with
1: honky redcast nation has officially grown to over 16,000 followers and as our social media director i just want to thank everyone of you for your support over the years Unfortunately, Coach Dion became aware of the success and has lured me over to the Jackson State Tiger Cast. So I must bid adieu after tonight's episode.
2: The NIL money is lucrative. I understand how it's legit. It's legit. Uh, well, maybe we can try to match the offer. I'm not for certain. Also, with Boomer. Well, good news out of Jacksonville with Urban Myers' release. We now have a great
1: target for our new special teams coordinator. He knows all about kicking in the pros, so we should be great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a pro kicker, you could say, almost. That's right. Uh, all right. Also with Redcast, Rob.
0: Yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I would just like to say that after yesterday's signing day, I'm really looking forward to the Redcast Roll the Tape.
2: All right. All right. It was a pretty cool little uh, uh, social media campaign with. Uh, The different uh, ways that display the uh, the recruits uh, high school tape. I I thought that was well done overall. Hockey. uh, We got a lot to cover tonight. We've got uh, recruiting. We did sign I think thirteen players in this class, and we do anticipate uh, some more potentially joining as early as tomorrow. And then uh, the transfer portal will be active for the next uh, several weeks. Uh, We've got Nebraska volleyball on TV right now as we're doing the show. We're watching the Huskers play. Pittsburgh um, in the national semifinal. Um, maybe we'll talk a little bit of basketball. And then we also have our uh, bowl pick'em that we can run
1: down. Yeah, this weekend after uh, the storms and everything, uh, the 70 degree weather of the other day, uh, it should be the coldest weekend in a while. And of course, uh, Dave, that could be in reference to the fact that this recruiting class while sitting at 13 is not is not over yet, but it also it's not worth People, you read some people getting all nuts about, oh my God, we're ranked this right now. I, I don't understand recruiting right now to begin with.
0: Get off of my team. Get into the portal. Yeah, you no, she don't. Come
2: on, baby, let's go. Transfer. Oh, Cadillac, Blackjack, oh. baby, meet me, I'm back. We're gonna- transfer.
1: Transfer.
0: Go, I'm going to transfer a different team on which to play. Yeah, here they come. There they go. College football transfer portal.
1: Between transfer portals and guys coming and going, I mean, there's so many different ways to build your, your class. and. This is the first one, you know. Obviously, up until this point, Frost has been averaging like a top 20 class every year. This year, it's ranked where it is because it's such a small class. But we've had other, you know, additions that aren't even being listed as part of this. Uh, Kevin Williams coming here from Colorado State, a a former Omaha North grad. Uh, Now he's going to be a scholarship offensive lineman. So he's one of those guys that gets added into the mix. All the special teams players that we talked about, they're not on that commitment list. So it's like, Overall, I, I think we've had some good additions, but it's not over with. This recruiting class will continue to go into tomorrow, at least for this early signing period. It'll continue going into to February between uh, the second signing period and, and the rest of the transfer portal.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Kevin Williams, one of those transfers from northern Colorado, I believe, mm-hmm. um, and uh, several other uh, FCS transfers, Boomer, Boomer. Um, uh, punter, for example, from Montana or Montana State, who's the FCS punter of the year? I believe is that right? Yes, uh, a lot of specialists,
1: not just special teams. There, Dave. So yeah, <laughs> we, we certainly seem to go heavy on on that end. Lots of lots of kickers, punters, long snappers. So they're certainly trying to at least gin up competition, if not, you know, make improvements at least on, on that end for the personnel. So still don't know yeah. who's coaching it, but, the, you know, that remains <laughs> to be right. seen. So That's hopefully right. somebody, yep.
2: there's still time, right? So, That's right. Boomer, maybe you could do me a favor and, and look up some of the uh, recruiting uh, class numbers. I heard today on, on some show that some other major, you know, big power five teams have also have very small classes. So I'm wondering if there's some unusual, no, I mean, Nebraska's in the 50s, I want to say. Uh, Because it's only 13. And hey, we only have one four star. Jaden Gould is the only four star guy we have. So even just from a star perspective, we're down a little bit. But I think there's other universities that also have very small classes and and probably have very low rankings because of that.
1: Florida has like 10 commits, I think. They're they're one that has a Virginia is really low. USC, I think, is kind of chaos right now. But that's to be expected with, you know everything is going on there. So yeah, it, it's a weird recruiting year, you know, just like everything hockey mentioned, you've got that, you've got COVID you've got people coming and going there. You've got players that are here for five or six years now. And it's, yeah, it, it's a chaotic time to try to manage your roster.
2: A few months, like, yeah, whatever. Well,
1: there was signing day excitement. We had Grant Page ended up signing with Colorado a hometown kid from Boulder that was committed to Nebraska throughout right. the process. The that, Kenny
2: Bell essentially.
1: Yeah. So that did happen. Uh, running back Ashton Hayes. We knew leading into the signing day that he was decommitting and he ended up going with Cal. But then on the other end of it, we got Mr. Football from Minnesota, uh, running back Emmett Johnson. We also got a, a kind of a surprise offense alignment or defense alignment. He listed as both Justin Jenkins from uh, New Jersey. He had offers from Alabama and AM, Cincinnati, and Indiana and Pitt, where uh, Coach Whipple came from. So, you know, there's a bit of come and go with that. I mean, that just like with any year, but uh, uh, for the most part, I mean, the guys that we thought were going to sign, sign. One of my favorite guys out of this class is the receiver Victor Jones Jr. from Florida, who stayed consistent with his commitment all the way through. And one of the statements he said was, "I'm proud of the position I put my school in, his high school in, with recruiting." Uh, me seeing some of our 2024 guys get their first Division One offers that never would have happened at my high school two years ago. And I think that's a great statement. First off, it's awesome that he looked at himself in that kind of role. And I used to say when we started doing the show five years ago and predating our show, I would say how there's there's kids in Omaha, there's kids in Nebraska. You just got to come here. You got to recruit it. I would get told from from people, Nebraska doesn't, you know, you can't recruit out of the state and, you know, start building your class. I'm like, it needs to start somewhere. And look at like Bellevue West as an example. They start to recruit Bellevue West five, six years ago with like a, a Jalen Bradley. And before you know it, the it's the next guy and the next guy up and the next guy up. And that's how you start to build pipelines to individual schools, into, into cities, into states. And now all of a sudden, Nebraska, you know, you look at us now and we're a fairly consistent, four, five, six, seven, division one, power five offer state, and it, maybe even more. And it it's all about the talent's been here, but you also have to identify it. And there has to be people, willing to come here well now there's a lot of schools that have sent guys going going to d1 and uh, you're going to see coaches coming here for for years to come and, th- and that's a good thing nebraska just needs to keep doing what they're doing don't slow play in state kids and and uh, we'll get our share too
2: yeah and there's ebbs and flows of that as well you know sometimes you have a class with with a few more and sometimes you mm-hmm. have a class with a few less right but i mean yep. your point is that there is town in the state is as well taken yeah i
1: i think even just as simple as Kevin Williams from Northern Colorado there, you know, he's from Omaha North. And I think that's great to get somebody back, uh, one of the Vikings up there in and, and Omaha and, and, you know, guys know other guys in their schools. They still have connections to the coaches and it's all sure. about relationships. Right. So that, that's sure. a great pickup there from, uh, from Greeley, from Rob's uh, neck of the
0: woods.
2: Yeah, Rob. I mean, I, I know uh, you follow uh, the bears of Northern Colorado a, a little bit, so it's kind of cool to see that, that connection, but you know, you've been, uh, following recruiting more closely here the last few years. Uh, What do you think of this class overall?
0: Well, I will say that it's consistent down the line. A lot of three-star kids, but you look at colleges like uh, other schools like Iowa, right. Where, you know, they never have big splashy classes either, but they're bringing in these guys that aren't like lower level talent. They're, they're like the three-star guys, maybe a couple of four-star guys and they're developing them into the type of players that are here for three or four years and, and contributing throughout the whole time. And I think that hopefully, you know, it looks like we, you know, if, if, uh, if this was an NFL team, we'd be drafting for need right here in a lot of different areas. So I, I, I do like that. I go down the position list and I see some of the guys that are there and, um, you know, it even so not surprisingly, right after um, Houseman uh, committed yesterday, we had a guy that was that was a linebacker who announced that he was transferring. Right. So um, what that tells me is he probably had a pretty good idea that, you know, he wasn't going to have as much of an opportunity anymore because we're recruiting a guy that we see as being a potential fit for for this team on the defense. So it's so hard to with 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 all of these signing days and everything like that, because especially with. The state of the program right now, you know, we need to start winning now, and it's so hard to judge exactly how these kids that are being signed right now are going to turn out two, three years from now. So, um you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'll be at the spring game, hopefully, see some of these kids play, and and I
2: think that's a good good point, Rob, in the sense of, you know, as Honky was mentioning, a lot of people are. You know, very frustrated with the low ranking of the class, et cetera. But um, you know, I I think the true measure of this class will be in a few years when how many of them are still in the program, and then how many then are are contributing to the program, right? Because we've had highly ranked classes under Frost, where ultimately a lot of those four star guys ended up leaving, sometimes in very quick fashion. And so, sure, we had the the number seventeen class you know two years ago but i mean half of them half of them are already gone right so if this class would happen to stick around and end up ultimately having multiple uh, starters or significant contributors to it i mean that's that's a lot of value there and then if you throw in the transfer portal where we might bring in a half dozen or more players here um, you know there's going to be a significant roster change again Well, in
0: true Redcast Rob fashion, too, I will say there's nothing like having a top 20 recruiting class and getting three and four wins a season. So we know how well that (laughs) translates, you you know, say what you will, you can say, shut up, Rob, I don't, I don't care. But at this point, you know, the wins that they're putting down and, and, the, and the recruiting classes that they're bringing in aren't exactly translating to one another. So at this point, you know what? Hey, let's bring in a smaller class and use the guys we've got.
1: You know, you made an interesting statement there, Rob, that this class is like recruiting for need if it was a, an NFL draft class. And yet, if you look at our offense, I mean, we're replacing a fourth year starting quarterback. And of course, tonight, uh, Adrian Martinez announced that he is officially going to Kansas state. We thought that was the case, but it's also replacing uh, our best offensive lineman. Uh, Juergens declared to the draft earlier, uh, our best tight end, Austin Allen's going to go to the draft, our best wide receiver. Torres, is going to the draft, uh, and at least a couple other offensive starters uh, as well as four or five offensive coaches. So the argument could be, Hey, you don't need to recruit for need right now. You need to recruit for replacements. But I think the reality is, is what's changing is that you're not necessarily going to your recruiting class out of high school to make those replacements. The replacements are coming from transfer portal with guys that have been in college for a couple of years. But also, once they've transferred to you one time, they get their one free transfer. But once they're here, it's not as easy for them to leave afterwards. Marquis right. Step. Some people are like, is Step going to stick around? Well, he might go. I have no idea. But if he does, he's going to have to sit out a season. But right. all these freshman guys that you bring in – they're just as apt a year from now until things nor- s- settle down, if they ever do, with the transfer portal. They're just as apt a year from now if they're not playing or whatever. They're, they're going to take off, right? So are you really building your program out of your freshmen, or Are you kind of year by year doing a free agency market? It's and- a new world. That's it's right. different. Rob- Frost referenced that yesterday. I mean, he talked about how we have to be nimble to the realities of what recruiting is today.
0: And you said something a minute ago to Honky that kind of piqued my interest in that. You know what? It is December 16th. All right. These kids are in finals. They're getting ready to go home for, for the holidays. Right. Let me know who's on campus January 15th. All right. Let me yeah. know who's on campus in February when these kids start coming back, going to yeah. class and they start practicing for, for the spring game. When we see that roster, maybe we'll come back and do a show and talk about that because yes. that's when I care.
1: And you know what, Rob, cause you've talked about you're coming down to spring for the spring game, which is awesome. I think that spring game is important, and it's every bit as important this year. And we've said this in the past, but I think it just it means more now as we've had new rules and as we have four new coaches here. If you're not part of this team in spring, it's just really hard for me to even try to count on you for next season. And so I'm directing that at any high school kid that's in this class that isn't coming here until summer. I'd be directing that to any transfer. You know, if, if we don't identify our quarterback by the end of spring and we think we're just going to go in the transfer portal and bring in some well, stud in May, it's well, like,
2: really? Not going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah, transfer, uh, The transfer quarterback would be here on campus by, by January 15th. Absolutely.
0: And, and you brought up another good point right there too, Hunky, and I brought up this question earlier, so I'm going to let you guys answer this on, on a hot mic here. But, um, you know, we signed Torres yesterday. I watched a lot of tape on this kid because, you know, I wanted to see, okay, well – it's interesting that he's signing Whipple's the offensive coordinator. What kind of arm does this kid have? Right. Cause we know how Whipple is pass happy, right? If you want to pass the ball. And uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> I asked this question earlier and I said, what are the odds we have a true freshman starting quarterback next year? And Dave, you answered that question pretty well. And again, this was a rhetorical question that I, I knew I'd get the answer back, but I kind of wanted you guys to think about it before the show, because I wanted to talk about it a little bit, you know, with our current quarterback situation on the team, you know, what, Dave, what do you see like right now, you know, with Torres signing everything, I know he's coming off an injury, but tell me a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see Torres competing. It's weird because Adrian Martinez obviously competed right out of high school and won the job. So I'm not saying it's impossible by any means. He is coming off of an ACL uh, injury. uh, And he also uh, in San Antonio, you know, didn't come from this like blue blood high school program, uh, you know, a, a lesser known high school program in San Antonio, I think a lower class division. So I think he does have a lot of raw talent. He has the arm strength, right? He can throw the ball 70 yards. Um, but he probably has a lot of of grooming, um, to feel like he's ready to go. Um, and, and I I'd like to, if, if, you know, Mark Whipple still are, are O.C. in three or four years, I think the tours might be an amazing fit. He might be the next Kenny Pickett. Right. He- Heinrich Harburg might also be the next Kenny Pickett, though, for Mark Whipple, though. Um, the question is, who is Kenny Pickett next year? Right. And so um, I think the better odds, if we want to have a successful season with this new offense, is to get a quarterback that the clay that Whipple gets to mold is a little bit further developed, right? a um, little more experience, a little more maturity. Um, and he can he can take something that that's already at a higher level, whip it into a shape that actually can can get us enough wins to to keep this uh, mm-hmm. coaching staff in, in its current position. Nice Whippet reference yeah. out there, by the way. Too. And
1: I think that it's it is possible that a quarterback currently on the staff right now, basically Harburg or Smothers. Could be one of those two. I certainly think that we will be bringing in at least, and I'm going to say at least one transfer portal quarterback. Wouldn't shock me if they found their way into getting two guys even to come in, who knows, but at least one, because it
2: could be different types of quarterbacks coming in. Right.
1: I think they want to build their depth. They want to build the competition in spring ball. Um, and, and the a statement that, uh, Whipple made yesterday at his kind of introductory press conference, I try to gear the offense to the QB and everyone's different. It's not really about size height. Uh, we're not the NFL. He goes, it's all about the competition and that's music to my ears. And a lot of things he said yesterday and boomer, you brought this up a little bit before we talked a lot of things he said yesterday were music to my ears, but, um, trying to, to gear the offense to the QB makes a lot of sense, especially if you have two or three or four of the same QB. But sometimes if I'm looking at Smothers and I'm looking at maybe some of the names I'm seeing on the transfer portal coming in, they're not all the same QB either. So how do you gear your offense if it's, you know, you're bringing in the guy from USC or, or whoever it is who is, you know runs a certain style well and then lining up right next to him and competing in the, you know, for the same spot is Smothers who maybe has a, a different set of skill sets. You know, I mean, it's hard to say. And so that, that's where Whipple's going to have to earn his – his money and use his experiences to to try to mold whatever we're going to do around, around whoever the QB is. But I just know I'm all about competition. Um, I think that they have a good start in that room right now with Harburg and some others and bringing Torres in too as well. I mean, he'll be here in the spring and get healthy and everything. I mean, it, it's it's good to get him in now. But uh, I think that they just – they want to do what they can to, to add a few more bodies in there and get the competition going.
2: Yeah, I, I read that. With I had I think seven – uh, quarterbacks mm-hmm. in his QB room in Pittsburgh. I mean, that's got crazy three, three scholarship guys here. Right. You know I mean? That's so he clearly just wants more numbers and, and to balance out, um, the, the classes, right. So mm-hmm. if, if we would get two transfer quarterbacks, I would, I could see one being a essentially a fifth or six year kind of grad transfer one, one year and out type scenario. And then, you know, another one that kind of, you know, fills in the look, Luke, Luke McCaffrey type, um, area, and would be obviously in competition, you know, in you know, two years against uh, the three other quarterbacks in the stable. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, hockey, you know, we've been talking a lot, a lot about the players, but really some of the, the best information that we got uh, yesterday was actually with the interviews of the new assistant coaches, as well as uh, coach Frost. Uh, I think the press conferences were pretty interesting. A lot of good quotes um, from Mark Whipple, uh, Donovan Rayola, and then Scott Frost, of course. Uh, anything in particular stand out to you? Well, I think with Whipple, no matter who you are as a Husker fan,
1: he probably said something that you were going to at least be music to your ears because he kind of covered everything. Like, Boomer, you were kind of mentioning it before we, we started. He would, he would kind of say one thing, and I don't know if it's contradict, but he would say the other thing right next to it. So it's like at the end of the day, there's enough sound bites of like everyone got something that they liked from it. Yeah. Pretty helpful. So you can tell it's a guy who's uh, probably been around the media for quite a while and mm-hmm. kind of knows to say things. And yeah, that's, I, I suppose that's all you can expect at this point. You know, he's oh, a name dropping, yeah. right? You call it name dropping or whatever. Na- yeah. Name dropping. He, he's experienced. What? It is what it is. And they've got a lot to figure out, you know, what, what kind of offense they're even going to run, how this is all going to mesh together, you know, Just like you mentioned, he likes to mold it to what quarterback you know they have, but you got to figure out what what you even want to do. So there's a whole lot here. So I think that's about the best you could expect from a introductory press conference. I think he doesn't seem the slightest bit overwhelmed or nervous by the role, which is, I mean, just at at the highest level, the thing I wanted from an OC was I, I've said it all along, I want some gray hairs, right? I want somebody that has some experience. This guy's got 41 years of it. I want somebody who's stepping into this and not is not going to be overwhelmed by having media all over him. And, and here he is sitting there going, well, this is bigger than I had at Pitt, but it wasn't like the Super Bowl, you know, And from a media perspective. And, and yeah, you know, I've got to figure out my quarterback room, but I've also coached, you know, uh, the Pro Bowl with Drew Brees and, you know, Tom Brady Brady. on my team and Roethlisberger. I mean, and it is that name dropping thing, but he was like, I'm not trying to drop names. It's just, this is, these are the people I know. These are my friends. These are people I've met through years and years in, in the biz. And so it doesn't guarantee us a darn thing. I mean, we could have the worst offense in the country next year, but what it tells me at least is what Frost wanted. He identified, I want somebody that can take this role and run with it. And I, and I know through experience that this guy can do it. He's done it. And, he, and he's not going to be overwhelmed in that role. And I think he feels very comfortable with the, with the pick that he has. I said music to the ears. It, when it comes to running the football, you know, he referenced uh, something that Russ Grimm said it best. He goes, good teams run the ball when the defense knows they're going to run it. That's in my DNA. And that was kind of referencing some of the, the red zone offense and being able to, to get the yards when he needs to. Now, you can look at some of his stats the last few years and the run-pass ratios, and they don't always match that statement at least from an aggregate standpoint. But, again, he said some of the right things that, that I like to hear, and then he's going to throw the ball too, right? I mean, there's just there's no way around that. So I'm pleased with what we have right now with, with him, and I'm excited to see how this offense kind of gets formed. He's talked about working with Frost, what this offense is going to look like when we get to spring. Yes. Yeah,
2: honky. I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, I think he, he can win the press conference. The bottom line is can he actually win, win football games? Absolutely. So the offense, right? So we're going to find out. And it uh, should be an interesting uh, spring season. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, Boomer special teams wise, just really quick. We already mentioned the, the punter, but we also got a, uh, a transfer kicker from Furman. Uh, he's under scholarship, right? But we also got a walk-on uh, kicker from Furman at the long snapper from Georgetown. I mean, they really mind the FCS for uh, specialists, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um... You know, and that's a
1: position I think FCS talent it probably can pan out pretty nicely when it comes to taking that yeah, step up like to Power translate, Five. Yeah, right? yeah, it translates pretty readily, I would think. You know, probably easier than any other
2: any other position, I think, from from one level to the next. The, the punter, yeah. for example, was FCS punter of the year. He they said if you just moved his numbers over to FBS, he would have been the I don't know fifteenth best punter, I think, in that yeah. average or something like that. And I mean, that's. Long as he has the protection, uh, he should be able to do the same thing. He's kicking the ball. It's the same same size ball as far as I understand. Yeah. Yes. To, yep, yep. yes. <laughs> but
1: yeah,
0: same same
2: the altitude might play
0: a difference. I don't know. So yeah. yeah. Big sky conference kickers. Yeah. Uh-huh. 69 punts for
1: 3174 yards, averaged 46 yards per punt. That's a good start. Uh the kicker that we brought in from Furman, Timmy Bleakroad, the last time that we did this going to the FCF's rank, uh, we brought in Pat Smith from Western Illinois, and you remember back in, what was that, 2012 or 13, whatever it was, it was under uh, Pelini, he made 12 or 13 field goals and made an overtime winner against Penn State. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, there, there's precedence to doing this, and he also brought in, as you mentioned, uh deep snapper Brady Weiss from uh, Georgetown and another place kicker from uh, Furman Spencer Pinkrats, which, I mean, man, we just mined Furman big time. I mean, I that Furman has been time. decimated. Uh, yeah. What are, are they the elephants? What are they? The paladins. Oh, oh, oh poor Paladins. poor paladins. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's kind of funny. And team.
0: and you guys make fun of me for name-dropping all the time. But I went and saw, I think it was Montana play against UNC. I believe that they played them um here in Greeley this year. And I, I could be wrong, but I remember seeing a kid punt against UNC. And and I remember texting, going, like, I saw this kid. He's a you know FCS punter and he's punting the ball 65-70 yards downfield. What do I know? Maybe, maybe they are listening to us. You know, they're reading our text messages.
2: <laughs> the red gets results, Rob. We know that's that. right.
0: The RedCast gets results. That's right.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, hockey is there anything else in football that we want to want to talk about?
1: Not from yesterday. I don't think, I mean, we'll continue on, you know, over the course of the off season, breaking down X's and O's and talking about the new coaches that are coming in. But, but overall, I mean, it was good to get to see the, the new coaches yesterday and, and Frost, it was a small enough class that he could go through each player and individually talk about them. But, uh, you know, I, I think they they built up some depth. They did hit defensive backs pretty strong there at the very end. Also, some of the defensive backs and some of the guys in this class to, to go along with the special teams thing. Um, we have a number of guys that, have, you know, returned some kicks and punts in their previous stops, whether at high yeah, school or Juco. And uh, that's so, an important thing, too. We, we need to improve everything on the special teams, no matter who it is and the, the only question we have now, and hopefully we'll find it out here in the next couple of weeks, I imagine by the next time we do a Redcast, we will know who that last coach on the staff is going to be and how Frost is going to mix this up. Because it, that, that is an interesting topic right now. Volkelec, uh was on a podcast coming back and saying how you know he can't wait to play for Beckton again, and that – would imply that Becton would be your tight ends coach. If yeah. he's your tight ends coach, then we still need a running backs coach, right? I mean, that's right. who's that. Are we going to hire that? Are we hiring special it, teams coordinator a lot up it in the does, air? Still.
2: It does seem as this has played out. I mean, and this has been speculated, but I don't think anybody has a good name yet, but I mean, like the reality is if it was Bill Bush as a special teams coach, they could have named him already. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it was Ron Brown as running backs coach, they could have named him already. Uh, There's probably others, other candidates for both of those positions they could have already identified. The fact is they haven't identified them. So that lends me to believe that maybe there's someone out there that may still be, I don't know, coaching is somewhere else that is not available yet. Uh, that they have their eye on um, that maybe can do one or, or both of those positions, right? Mm-hmm. And, because it doesn't make any sense. Why, if it was going to be Bill Bush, they would have already named him. Well, that's right? the
1: thing. If you limit this search to only Bill Bush and only Ron Brown, then we have a problem because we've, we're only talking about two guys and there's only one position, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's how do you break down a staff? You know, most of the time, you either have a designated special teams coordinator who that's all he does. Or if you do break it up and you have a special teams coordinator also having a position group, they're usually a tight ends coach, they're an outside linebacker coach, or they're like a safety coach. I mean, it's not like your offensive line coach ends up being your special teams coordinator too. You don't do, you don't mix it up like that. It's usually like a position group that only has like a small portion number of players on the team that you're taking care of. And then you get special teams on top of that. Well, the point is, is like, if we, bring in a special teams sole coordinator, if that's what we brought in right now with this last spot, well, now we don't have a running backs coach. And by the way, did we take away special teams from an outside linebackers coach? There's just a lot of questions there. I'm confident in the guys that we have in there. I'm I'm sure Frost has a plan. I really do. I'm not overly concerned about this. It's just, there's so many different scenarios that could play out. And I couldn't tell you right now. I I just don't know. I don't know if they're going to hire a running backs coach that comes in here and Coaches special
2: teams. I mean, <laughs> right. That'd be the idea. ideal situation. Right. Honestly, that would be your, your dream scenario is you hire a special team slash running backs coach and you keep uh you know Bill Bush and Ron Brown on as, as analysts, right? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean
1: that, there you go. Yeah. But um, the, the main thing is they have to be good at whatever they're doing anyways. I mean, I want I want our running backs to execute better. And I expect that from the running backs coach. I want our wide receivers to execute better. I expect that from the wide receivers coach. I want our offensive line to execute better. I expect that from the offensive line coach, right? And special teams is always kind of going to be a a team effort anyways, whether you have a designated special teams guy or, you know, we had a special teams coordinator this last year. We still do. I mean, until told otherwise, Mike Dawson's our special teams coordinator. But as Boomer has brought up on so many occasions, and when we have two different, you know, footed, punters last year. And sometimes our wedge breaks down because we don't know if the right or the left foot kicker is kicking. I mean, th- that's just stuff that just can't happen. And we're not returning kicks and returning punts. And that tends to be nope. more than just we're a, not. yeah, that's more than just a specialist. We don't just have a guy back there. It's why, you know, where are the creases? Where's the openings? Where do you put two guys back at certain times? We never do that. You know, where's the blocks? We're not blocking punts, you know, teams did nope. to us. Why can't we do it to someone else? Right. So there's there's a lot that goes into it, and again, doesn't have to be fixed by tomorrow. I mean, that the fact that they don't have this address right now, that's fine. We'll know by the, I think the time we do our next show.
2: It Needs to be addressed by August
1: 27th, 2022. It definitely doesn't need to be that. <laughs> of note, uh, Nebraska just won the third set. There, we're now up two one. This will make for great podcast because obviously, anyone listening yeah. right now knows the answer. But, Absolutely, uh, we are. Since we started podcasting, guys, we we're up two zero on uh, a yeah, on pit since this we started. Going. So, once again, the Red gets <laughs> results. I wish. Right. I really. People have asked us, like, why don't you guys talk about, you know, volleyball more? I mean, I would love to. I don't know anything about it. They talk about. You like, enjoy hitting, watching
2: it, to be clear, hockey. You just don't know sport. what you're really watching.
1: I actually enjoy. When I watch football, I get too much stuff in my head about, like, the X's and O's. And, I you know, we need to run here. And we need to do that. I get none of that with volleyball. I can just watch and enjoy. I just see the ball getting hit up in the air, and someone spikes it. And it lands where somewhere, and we get a point. And I'm the happiest guy in the world. And then <laughs> I've watched it with my sister, and she really she gets into it. She's you know played it and and everything. And she you know she's talking about no, we need to hit it to the left person, or we need to do this or that. And I'm like, no, just you know hit it in the air, and someone will swing. And if it goes inside the line, we get a point, and I'm a happy dude. So you're the <laughs> hit the damn ball guy is what you. I'm want a hit the game. damn it ball. It is volleyball it's complicated enough for me to watch like i don't see the things opening up i'm just ecstatic every time we get a point it's like a little kid watching it and i'm just i, I have fun when we win so and doing i can great. see
2: the the nebraska volleyball t-shirts right now hit the damn ball right? <laughs> <laughs> that'd be classic <laughs> that'd be great well um we can uh, just at least uh, acknowledge nebraska basketball first of all women's nebraska b- basketball no. who's still undefeated and what, still what unranked is there to acknowledge is that Yes, uh, that is ridiculous. It seems like, and then uh, men's Nebraska basketball um, will have an opportunity to bounce back against uh, K-State after another pummeling by the hands of the Auburn Tigers. Um, you know, I mean, I, I I have hope that they aren't going to get beat by 30 every single game the rest of the year. Um, maybe these last two games are anomalies, um, but They can only prove that to us with actually a better performance against K state. So, well, we're not going to give them much time because they just haven't deserved our,
0: our attention. Right guys. Well, I mean the women's team too, I just to emphasize exactly how stupid it is that they aren't ranked at this point. They're number four in the net rankings, which is like a lot of like statistical stuff that has to do with their schedule and all these other things. And, And here they are number four in net rankings in the country for division one. And they're not even ranked in the top 25 and they're undefeated. So I don't, there's teams ranked with like three losses. Yeah. um, And Nebraska is unranked. And Nebraska is a big 10 team. It's not like big 10 women's basketball is horrible or anything. And I mean, it's the big 10 Yeah. and here they are undefeated in season and, not ranked. It's 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 a travesty, is what it is.
1: Well, redcasters, you'll have a chance on Sunday at noon to watch the women's team if you haven't had a chance yet, and and many of you probably haven't because, like many women's sports, they get put on you know some ESPN Plus or you know Fox Sports eight. And uh, but anyways, on Sunday at noon they're playing Drake on BTN, mm-hmm. so it would be a good chance if you yes. haven't had a chance to watch them yet to, to watch them. But just how exciting it is to watch volleyball playing on ESPN, the flagship network. Now, of course, on Saturday night, they're going to move the championship game to ESPN 2 so they can play like the, you know, woolen, weedier bowl or whatever on ESPN 1. But, you know, <laughs> you're never going to grow the sports if you don't make them accessible and, and, and easy for people to, to find. And Boomer, I think you enjoyed uh, the fact uh, that, uh, you know, they can play – the volleyball final four during finals week, even right? I mean, somehow managed to do this because it's just impossible to do it for football, but they've managed in other sports to be able to, uh, you know, have a championship series even going on during this time of the year.
2: The girls are just smarter hockey. No, I don't. I, I was, don't
0: gonna, doubt say, I was that. gonna say, when have you not heard women are smarter? So it's not like that's like a
1: multitask, really. Yes, know? yeah. yeah. Could be that, or or maybe they just they care so much about the education at the FBS Division One level, So that that must be it. So, (laughs) although uh, FCS is playing right now too, aren't they? The the playoffs work too. Absolutely, strange how that happens. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. at least some guys in funny colored blazers work out well in the end for
2: all this.
0: Well, you know, women are student athletes; men are just athletic students. So, (laughs) Mm. ah,
2: that's that's deep rub. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave Boomer and Rob. All right, well, Hank, I think we're gonna we're gonna transition. We are gonna do some uh, some bowl games. We do have the Go Big Redcast uh, Bowl pick'em out there. We sent that out um, on social media uh, several days ago. Uh, the first bowl games start tomorrow, actually. So as this show goes live, hopefully um, you'll be able to start watching the. Uh, Middle Tennessee versus Toledo game and um, Coastal Carolina also plays tomorrow versus Northern Illinois. So there's a bull action already. Um, and so anybody listening, uh, go ahead and get into the uh, Go Big Redcast. cast bull pick em. Uh, Take a look at our Twitter feed and you can find it there. And uh, if you miss any of the early games, just just rank those low and you will only lose a point or two.
0: Wait, the Redcast is doing a bull pick'em. I should probably get in on You that.
2: should get on that Redcast, Rob, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, I'm sure Honky and Boomer have already joined, right? Oh. Picks are in. Excellent. Nope. That's what I thought. Well, Honk, if, if you would like to be our uh, MC for this, um, as you watch the volleyball game, um, you could uh, kind of be our uh, Pat Sajak. I, I was thought that I've, I've asked uh, Rob and, and Boomer to identify their five best uh, bowl uh, picks against the spread or over/under, uh, whatever they so choose, and um, we thought we could do like a little lottery where um, you would pick one of us to go first, and we'd go kind of in a stinking order and uh, run down our list of bull pickums or, or uh, uh, bull picks, and um, hopefully get the uh, the bet casters some uh, some games that they can win money on.
1: All right, well that sounds good. I'm here to look pretty, so should I start? Yeah, who would you like to start, honky? It's up to you.
2: It's dealer's choice.
1: All right. Well, we're gonna start here in in Nebraska
2: with uh, Boomer, and uh, your first uh, your first bowl pick. Boomer gets it the first pick of the night. So, Boomer, you get to pick the absolute your number one bet, your your best lock, guaranteed win here.
1: Yeah, boy. Well, no uh, pressure. Considering how well my picks went all year, I don't. I wouldn't call any of these things locks, but uh, just for fun, let's see. Let's start off with, uh, since we're talking things in Nebraska here, and a team that's lost their offensive coordinator, and also news tonight, uh, Kenny Pickett is skipping this bowl game as well. I think Pitt might struggle a bit against Sparty, so I think you can take Michigan State minus two and a half in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So that's one of the tricks with these bowl games, is you got to pay attention to who's not playing and... Who's lost coaches and what that means for teams and what they're playing for. So well, Boomer it adds a wrinkle to it. So. Yeah, Michigan State's running back. Uh, I already forgot his name because he ran for. Kenneth Walker. Three, yeah, he ran for three yards against us, but Walker, he's not playing either. So you know, yeah. both teams are affected. Uh, how, how do you forget
0: his name when we were looking at the back of his jersey the entire game? Uh, that would like imply that we're chasing him. <laughs> Oh, well, that's yeah. true. We did. We did stop him, didn't we? So, yeah, I mean, we he, did.
2: had, he had 41 yards and, and most of that was on his last carry. In
0: overtime well, I'm just thinking yeah. of every other game this season. I'll just shut up. Bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rob, for that contribution. Really appreciate it. Um, I, yeah, I, I heard that he declared honky. I did not know he said he was going to set out. I, I, those can be two different things, but he said he's sitting. Yeah, he in-
1: he's opting out, too. But, yeah, I think yeah. he's
2: more replaceable for, for Michigan State than uh, a quarterback.
1: quarterback for Pitts. So, I would yeah. certainly agree with that, yeah.
2: All right, all right. So Boomers taking Michigan State minus two and a half versus Pitt. All right. All right, Dave, Ontario, you're up. Who, 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 ooh, ooh, awesome, awesome. All right. Um, I'm glad we're, we are getting this show in because uh, tomorrow's games do have some interesting lines. Um, my, my number one pick here is going to be uh, Coastal Carolina. I got them at 10 and a half um you may be able to still get them at 10 and a half or at 11 tomorrow um against northern illinois i think coastal carolina is a much better team um and uh mccall is probably going to be the best player on that uh that field uh tomorrow so i'm taking coastal carolina to cover at uh 10 and a half or 11 however you get them when is that game that that is tomorrow i believe that is probably five o'clock central four o'clock mountain Okay, so if you're listening to this, you better get in right away because the
1: show is probably going live and you're this deep into it. Yeah, the, that, that game's going to be kicking off in
0: an hour or two. So get Correct. it in. Get it we'll in now.
1: If, we'll see if I'm right. There you go. All right, uh, Rob. you number one.
0: My number one game of the week is going to be I'm taking the University of Alabama Birmingham Blazers to not only cover but also to uh, – win against the BYU Cougars. Um I heard an interesting stat today that said that 55% of unranked teams beat ranked teams in bowls or at least I'm sorry not beat but cover the spread in bowls. So um right now that spread is sitting at um minus 7 which means that you know Blazers would have to basically be within that to, to cover that. But I think that they're going to just outright win that game because when you start talking about unranked teams beating or covering the spread against ranked teams, most of the higher-ranked teams are already playing each other in both So you have less, or should I say fewer, teams to choose from on those. So I'm that's the one that I'm going with right there.
2: All right. All right. All right. So you're taking the Blazers. To, and, and so your official bet is the spread at seven, but My you're official- also saying that you would – you would support the money line.
0: That's right.
2: All right. All right. That's, that's interesting. Uh, money line. I uh, it's plus two fifteen for. Well, if you uh, call
0: my one eight hundred number right now, I'll give you that guaranteed bet.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I, I would. I do. I did see that uh, Sataki, the uh, BYU coach, is, uh, is is not good uh, on on covers, so I, I could see that. I, but um, yeah, that's interesting. That is um. A, a game that's also uh, on Saturday, I believe. So it's a game that's coming up very soon. All right. Uh, next pick.
1: All right. Go boomer. Up. Well, since uh, Rob just mentioned it, uh, I'm going to go the opposite in that game. It, it It's no longer the exciting uh, pool on wheat eater independence bowl, but it's now the, uh, Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl from beautiful downtown Shreveport. So we got a fight going on. All right, I I just think BYU's just should overwhelm UAB in that game. Uh, They can win that by a touchdown. Uh, You can get it at six and a half. Uh, Last time I checked. So I think BYU can win that fairly comfortably if they just play. I I don't know if UAB can keep up. I think they'll move the ball pretty well too, but I just don't know if they'll be able to score enough to, to keep up with the with the Cougars in this one. So. So goodbye, Poulon Weed Eater. Hello, Radiance Technologies, and go with the Cougars. So, all right. So we have a difference of opinions
2: there, Dave. Right. I like it. I like it. Um, all right. Um, kind of, uh, I don't know. A little same vein of uh, trying to get a, a theme here. I'm, I'm taking um, Memphis minus six and a half versus Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. Um, I uh, have seen that Hawaii has has got some uh, some transfers and some sitouts. A little discontent there on the, uh, the big island. And I think Memphis is a better team to begin with. Um, it, remember, guys, they, they actually added a bowl this year just like randomly like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone could play, they could just do that now. ESPN would be like, Yeah, we'll just put up some extra money and get another, an extra bowl game. It's all about um, the pageantry and tradition of bowls. Dave. That's so. right. Well, the team that most benefited from that was Hawaii, who I believe is six and seven on the year. If they didn't have that, they would not be. Uh, playing and they would not be in the Hawaii bowl, which means no one would be at the game. They probably did this. So someone would actually attend this game, but I, I think Memphis is going to blow the doors off of Hawaii actually. So I'm taking, taking um, the Tigers uh, minus six and a half.
1: It is so sad to me that they, they just add extra bowls like that just to, you know, so everyone can play in one and we still don't get to play in one. <laughs> um, Brett Cianci picked six previews. He uh, tweeted out today that what was it, 62 of 65 teams in P five of, have made a bowl game in the last five years, and the only three that haven't are Nebraska, Rutgers, and Kansas. It's like, oh, that's
2: crazy, right?
1: Just painful. I mean, does it matter? Does it count that, you know, we turned down an offer last year when we were sub 500? But it uh, doesn't no, matter. It not... doesn't matter. All
0: right, Rob, what's your second uh, most confident one, I guess? So I'm going to counter what I said last time on this one, and I'm going to, in the, um... <laughs> sorry the these names in the ticket smarter Birmingham bowl um I'm gonna have the Houston Cougars uh beating the Austin the uh Auburn Tigers so right now actually Auburn is favored in this game and Houston is the ranked team and I have Houston winning this one I don't really understand um how it is I think it's just because it seems like all the money's going Auburn's way right now it's at like 60 percent all the money's going in Auburn's direction but Um, If you look at everything on paper, Houston is the better team. I think that Auburn's just getting the SEC favoritism there. That's all.
2: Interesting. Yeah, that wouldn't be the first time for that. So, All right, Boomer.
1: (laughs) Okay, this one's kind of more just for fun than anything, but uh, since I've just been handed this note that uh, Michigan just scored on them again, I'm (laughs) taking Kentucky at minus three over Iowa in the uh, Verbo Citrus Bowl. So, good luck, Hawkeyes. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a lot of excitement for this game coming off that beatdown they took and – in the Big Ten championship, so put some money on Kentucky. I go. like that
2: one, boomer. I, I don't know if I trust Kentucky because Kentucky's offense is kind of hit and miss. Yeah, but do you trust um, Iowa at all? No, no. That's yeah. a good point. I, maybe the under might be the right take. That yeah, that's a possibility just, too. Yeah, I will so trust
0: true. Kentucky's offense over Iowa's offense any day.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm just not comfortable with Wandell running between the tackles against Iowa. Though. So that's
0: <laughs> that's the challenge there. Good point. Good point. It's, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that kid plays over there now, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did okay yeah, he, for him this year. He did, he did really he did good this okay. year for them, as a matter of
1: fact. <laughs> it did okay.
0: Now, Hockey, did, he could he could declare
2: for, for the draft. He has yet to do so, right?
1: He could. He, yeah, he's three years out of, out of
0: school, so, I mean, he's eligible to do it. He hasn't, as far as I know, he hasn't done anything like that yet. I'm really happy for that kid, actually. I, I was hmm? questioning, like, why Kentucky? But, you know, Kentucky had a great year, and he was a big part of it. So, congratulations, yeah. Wondell. Yeah, he's from there. I mean, he was committed there
1: originally and before sure. decommitting coming to Nebraska. But um, Dave, I think you're up next.
2: I'm, I'm going to uh, diversify here a little bit and, and look at an over under. Uh, I've got the Wake Forest, Texas A&M over under at 57 and a half. And I'm going to take the over on that one right there. I mean, we know that Wake Forest can can score. We also know Wake Forest does not have that good of a defense. Um, even with a uh, and and their quarterback play a little bit up in the air,
0: I, I think they can go over 40 or 57 and a half. All right. And uh, Rob. I'm also going back with my own theory of the 55% teams. Um, UTSA is playing 24th ranked San Diego state, and they are currently favored at minus two. I have them winning this game um, outright. And obviously just to, they just got to win by a field goal at this point. Um, and I'm feeling pretty confident about that one. UTSA is a good team. Um, I I actually caught a couple of their games this year. When, when Didn't I they get blown to, you know, out
2: their last game or two, Rum?
0: No, well, they're 12-1. and one, So they if they got blown out, it was only in one game. It was North Texas they got blown
2: out. That's yeah, something. that's
0: right. You know, mean the mean green. But yeah. I think it was in their championship game. But, you know, it, I mean, whatever. You lose one game, that's a good uh, you know, what do you call it? A good you know, stepping our, stone in learning. in Our life, good you know? friend,
2: uh, producer Skip, uh, sent us some information from uh, Bill Connolly of uh, ESPN with the SP, SP plus. Um, and uh, if you look at UTSA's uh, actual win total compared to what their um, their metrics would tell you, they they overachieved this year by I think about three wins or so. Um, so I think uh, Bill Connolly would say that UTSA actually
0: was exposed in that North Texas game. So, um, well, Dave, I'm going to say they continue to overachieve. All right. It's my pick, and that's what I'm going with. And, <laughs> and, and just a good. little fodder it's for
2: our it. listeners. I want them to, you know, you know understand mm-hmm. the full picture. Redcast Rob likes his gut, and uh, his gut says UTSA will cover. For the record, the, uh, my guts
0: right more often than not, too. Ooh. 55% of the time, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: 60% of the time, it works.
0: Every time 90% of the time
1: (laughs) boomer you're number four I guess oh geez um we'll just uh kind of go along with uh one of Dave's bets here on the same line in the ever exciting tax slayer gator bowl um Texas A&M and Wake Forest I just don't trust Wake Forest on a big stage yet uh you can get Texas A&M at minus five I'd say go with
2: the Aggies on that one so minus five on the Aggies all right that's good Dave June. Jimbo back in his uh, familiar uh, surroundings of North Florida? There, I suppose, right? So, yeah, I can see that. Um, let's see. Let's let's take a fun one here. I'm going to take uh, Mississippi State minus eight versus Texas Tech. We got Texas Tech, obviously, with a uh, coaching change. There, a lot of things in flux with the Red Raiders. Uh, you've got Mike Leach. I, I think Mike Leach has a connection to Texas tech. Is that right? Boomer. Did he, did he coach there at some uh, point? He was a big buddy Holly fan. So he went and oh, visited the statue
1: once yeah, I was told, yeah. something like that. He, he and, may have stopped by the, the campus for a little
2: while. I don't know. I don't know. Mike Leach seems to be a character. I don't really know the guy personally, but I mean, if he has a chance to run up the score versus a, uh, a university and a program that kind of, uh, kicked him out, I think he's gonna take that opportunity up. So I think I think if he has a chance to score points against uh Texas Tech, he's gonna do so. So
0: I'm gonna take the Bulldogs minus eight. Rob, what pick are we on? Our fourth pick here? Fourth pick, um, yeah. as a matter, here.
2: Rob, it Doesn't matter,
0: Rob. It you know what? I'm I'm still going with my 55% theory here. Um I've got UCLA over NC State, um, 18th ranked. NC State, Uh, NC State's currently a one-point favorite, so it's essentially a pick'em. But um, UCLA start out the season really strong, and and quite frankly, they they eight and four um, coming out of the Pac-12. But I just liked liked watching them this year. I usually don't like watching UCLA, but they were they were a good team, fun team to watch. NC State, um, again, another one of those teams that I just feel like um, you know coming out of the ACC. It wasn't the strongest conference either this year, so um, you know you had and a the lot Pac-12 teams. was and the Pac-12, dude, the Pac-12 is such a powerhouse, Dave. What do you? I'm just, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but, no, um,
2: I actually like this one, Rob. I yeah. can see where you're going yeah. at. I don't know if I would, I would, I put money on I mean, it, but a, I, I a, definitely see a, where you're. It's a from.
0: one point, it's a one point spread. It's a pick'em, and I'm yeah, picking yeah, LA. yeah. I hear you, I hear you. No, I get it, I get that one. Well, Boomer, you're, I
1: guess, your fifth or your least likely one to happen. What do you got? Uh, just another one. I'm throwing a dart at a wall. I, I don't trust Penn State in big games either this year. So I think let's go Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. You can get the Arkansas at plus two. So I think they can win that outright. So I have no faith in Penn State.
2: No faith there. Dave? Man, so many to choose from. I just don't know what to do, Hockey. I'm trying to get my, my best one. You know, I, I mean, I know it's an early game, but I still really like it. I am going to take Fresno State. Uh, Minus 11 and a half versus UTEP. Uh, UTEP has, um, I think, only been to like maybe five or six bowls in their entire, entire, um, you know, program history. I don't think they even won a bowl game ever. Uh, so they're just happy to be there. They weren't really expected to do anything this year. Fresno State's interesting. They lose their coach, Kalen DeBoer, to Washington, but then hire Tedford back, who's only been gone for a couple of years. I mean, he recruited most of these guys and is close to the program. DeBoer was his handpicked successor. Tedford left for um, health reasons, and now he's back. Um, Jake Hayner has come back, and he's practicing and can play in the bowl. Um, I think Fresno will want to play for their new old head coach and uh, blow out UTEP. So I'll take the Bulldogs minus 11 and a half. That's harsh, Dave. I mean,
1: UTEP has won the Sun Bowl multiple times. I mean, they haven't won a bowl game since
0: 1967, but uh, oh, okay, they Maybe the that Sun was bowl before then.
1: Yeah. So okay. it's been a little while for them now. Yeah.
0: All right. And Rob, my final pick of the night is that in the tail greeter cure bowl, I have Coastal Carolina Chanticleers um i believe right now they are sitting at like an 11 point favorite um and i have them winning this one outright over the northern illinois huskies um i mean this is does a, this sound Hopkins, like
2: the first pick of that i had Rob?
0: oh is it the first pick you had i yes, don't remember that okay well um yeah i mean i sorry i had it it was actually my first no. pick too, and i think that's why i skipped it but that's um, great you know th- this is a team that averages 40 points a game and only allows 20 on defense um so you know, and the Huskies allow a lot of points. They actually allow more points than they score, even though they have a winning net record of of nine and four. So I see this yep. one just kind of being a blowout. I completely agree, Rob. Well, it shows you how much I listen to you too, Dave. So I'm, I, I I really am busy watching the game behind us right now. It's true. Cur- currently Nebraska's Nebraska is up 18-16 right now is what I'm looking right. at. So in the four set, yep. In the in yep. the in the fourth set, so they are seven points away from closing this out. Can we keep the podcast going? I'm sure.
2: <laughs> well, that'd be a one way to, to actually end on a good note. That's, that's no doubt. Is that all all the picks we have, Funk? Is that right? Everyone that's right. Never, five? Everyone went through five. So, all right. Anybody yeah. else have anything out there they really want to get out? They want to feel like it's a it's a it's a good good pick. I've got a few just I've mentioned, but that's about it. I've got. Uh, Tennessee, four and a half over Purdue. Uh, Purdue's got a Karloftis. Um, I think maybe David Bell as well sitting out of that one. And like Tennessee will be motivated. Um, and uh, the Oklahoma State Notre Dame under at 45 and a half. I could see that Oklahoma State games tend to go under this year. I don't, I, I kind of like Notre Dame in that game to win, but I could see that as being a low scoring affair. So there's a few others out there. Um, even tomorrow's uh, very first game Toledo minus 10 is actually a pretty good pick. So there's a lot of some of the best bets are the earliest ones out there this year, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. The other game too, one of the ones that I was looking at was uh UCF and, and Florida, right? Like that that's a game where the, on paper, those two teams are very evenly matched, you know, outside of maybe like total offensive yards in a game, but somehow Florida is getting about 67% of the, uh, of the uh, bets there in the union home mortgage Gasparilla bowl, whatever that means. Um, so that'll be an interesting game for me. I, I just to watch um, I'll be pulling for UCF um, just because, you know, I hate the sec. So, um, you know, that'll be, that'll be a fr- fun one, but it'll be, it'll be uh, interesting to see how that one plays out. Itself yeah. That, that's a hard one for me to pick
2: Florida with the yeah.
0: interim coach.
2: UCF has struggled the last couple of games and they're kind of a mess at quarterback, but obviously they'll be motivated. There's no doubt about it. Um, I think Gasparilla Boomer is some sort of um, like a holiday down in, in Tampa. That's uh later yeah. with a pirate of some pirate themed festival. Yes. Yeah. So, so Jose Gaspar was a
1: mythical pirate who supposedly operated in the area and they have a big festival every year. So never been, I'm sure it's exciting. I think it used to be the, uh, Defo Brady's bowl. Wasn't that, isn't that what the Gasparilla bowl <laughs> was? Uh,
2: yeah yeah, and then before that that might have been the hall of fame bowl or hall of fame bowls in tampa i don't know where that went um so we digress bowl history that'd be another one that boomer and i could go deep into and and recall i'm uh, sure our
1: listeners would love it
2: games that no longer exist like the blue button and stuff like that five minutes later Okay,
1: hey, hey guys, guys, I want to cut in. It's 24-21 right now. This is the fourth set. We're up 24-21. It's match point. All right. Live I, tape
2: delay. Live right well, here. We're,
1: and we're all, like, on different feeds. So, like, boomers, like, you know, 10 seconds behind us. And I'm in set two, I think. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here
2: we go. This is just riveting podcasting oh, did, right here. Come but on. the t- chance that we won
1: right there. Oh, come on. What?
2: I think they gave it to Pitt. That's okay. That's all right, girls.
1: Yeah, we'll see how exciting uh, reviews might be on podcasts.
2: Oh, we hit the the net. Uh, Damn it. Yep.
1: All right. No, that's all right. We'll get it back. We'll regroup. Let's go. 24-22, Nebraska up on Pitt. Pitt is serving. She's bouncing the ball. (laughs) She
2: (laughs) has to be the worst
0: podcast in the history of
1: (laughs) ever. This is going to win going to win a potty or whatever they call them
0: oh we got it there we go
1: Huskers! <laughs>
2: there it is
1: Huskers!
0: Woo!
2: and hockey runs around his basement like a madman as uh, the husker women's volleyball team wins 3-1 over pittsburgh they'll be playing for the national championship on saturday um, night um versus the Wisconsin Badgers, who have already beaten Nebraska twice this year. But we all know that it's hard to beat any team uh, three times in one season. So, um, there's a I like your chances. Right, on.
1: I just ran from one side of the basement to the other and back.
0: That's how you went the one- basement. 25 feet? Yeah, no, All right. We going to celebrate. All right, so uh, we got, on, we got some
2: parting shots here with the uh, victory lap of Fonky. Uh, anything else you want to talk about besides this uh, <laughs> uh, wonderful victory here for uh, Nebraska Athletics? Congratulations
1: to those girls, that is that's amazing. Uh, one of my parting shots was going to be about how amazing this team is when you look at they have six All Americans now on the roster. Um, uh, god, I am honestly trying to catch my breath, that is not good shape for me right now, but. Uh, Lauren Stivens. Uh, Stivens was a All-American 2018-19-20. Lexi Sun, 2019-20. Maddie Kubik in 2021. Lexi Rodriguez, the freshman this year, 2021. She's our first freshman All-American since I think it was Sarah Paven, maybe. Yep, that's right. Uh, Kayla Caffey, 2021. And then Nicklin Haynes was an All-American in 2020. So six different players on this team have been named an All-American. That is just outstanding. And it's going to be an all Big Ten final against uh, against Wisconsin. And my other parting shot: uh, Congrats to former Husker offensive lineman Jamarcus Hardrick and his Winnipeg Blue Bombers for winning back to back Grey Cups. Uh, and I wrote a note to check on this. Uh, is that where Mike Riley coach was? He a Winnipeg Blue Bomber coach? I believe so. That sounds yes, nice. he was. I think, he, yeah. I think he won titles. Won a Grey Cup. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. So that's uh, Yoshi Hardrick, if I remember. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. His nickname. So. I'm sure uh, Boomer, I think uh, hockey just took your uh, parting shot. I'm sure you love the great cup, right? Oh yeah,
1: but that's okay. It's just a, uh, but I also want you know, give the, a shout out as well to, to the volleyball team, just an outstanding season, especially, you know, with some of the trials they had, you know, mid season, you know, they kind of had some uh, games they lost and they've, found the recipes that worked. Uh, I think this cook guy might be a pretty good volleyball coach. We should probably, you know, try to <laughs> keep him keep around. In. And, uh, and yeah. Pitt,
2: you did well, but this is what you get for giving us Steve Peterson. So, ah, take that. So. <laughs> That's right. Pitt fans hate us friend now. We took Mark Whipple. Now we, now we beat him in volleyball. they was angry at us. Uh, cast Rob, what do you got?
0: Well, that goes against you, Dave, for, for questioning my theory that the Eaton Reds being winners and now Nebraska <laughs> winning wearing red. But I will say this, too, is that I went out and saw the new Spider-Man movie today, and it is worth every penny. It is by far the best Marvel movie made yet. I Hands down. Go see it, people. Give your money to Disney. Give it all. Mortgage yes. the house if
1: you have to. Speaking of movies, Rob, speaking of movies, um, I read where Bruce Willis said Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Well,
0: Bruce just... Willis is trolling everybody that's all I gotta
1: say <laughs> all right I don't know it seems like to be an authority Short on the movie the glass. I mean, it's science right Dave I mean and that it's that is it's Christmas coming up it's the Christmas season and uh I guess maybe that's a segue to that that this is the end of the year for the Redcast and watch all your your Christmas movies of course Die Hard not being one of them but uh you know Redcasters enjoy the holidays
2: Yes, absolutely. We will be off for the next uh, few weeks at least and we'll be back in the new year with um, hopefully uh, some some husker positive uh, news on basketball and, um, and also uh, football as we uh, rev up for the 2022 spring season. And happy,
0: happy late Hanukkah to any of uh, my fellow tribesmen that may be out there too. Hanukkah's already passed here, but you know mm-hmm. um, I will be celebrating Christmas with my family too so and, and we're really looking forward to it so it's gonna be a good one mm-hmm. absolutely All right. and, we'll, and well, we'll
2: come back
1: in a couple weeks and talk about uh, the volleyball national championship that we j- will win in two days so it'll be a great it'll be what you want three weeks after the fact or whenever we do the next show uh you'll want to hear it then but uh, uh i'm pumped right now guys i'm i'm, from, I'm ready to do uh, one more lap before
2: i collapse a, so a, a live uh watch session of the volleyball <laughs> semifinal
0: final to a three-week a uh, rapid reaction <laughs> Hey, honky, um, do you work out honky i work out you work yeah, out.
2: You good work for out?
0: you I, I just worked just, out honky's good. in shape it's round but it's a shape that's right that's right
2: all right guys uh good stuff uh had a lot of fun tonight i'm looking forward to some of these bowl games uh everyone out there have a, a great holiday season and for now let's call that a go big red cast
0: go big red gbr